Hello, my name is Ben Oden. I'm an author, capacity building and leadership development trainer. Each week, Mimi, pamoja na viongozi mbalimbali who will be featured on this podcast, will bring you leadership principles, stories and philosophies that if applied will elevate you into a position of more influence among those you lead and those who lead you. Hello to you. I hope you are having a good day. Welcome to the Why Lead Others podcast. I am your host Ben Oden and this is another episode. Now today I am joined by a good friend of mine. You've heard him before from this platform, uh Mr. Henry Sondo, and today we'll be talking about uh leadership from a different perspectives. Uh today we'll be talking about, you know, leadership lessons we've learned while watching a motion picture, a film, a movie, a flick. What else is there? Picture. Picture. Yeah, so we've picked a film and we watched a film and we believe that there are many leadership lessons to be learned from this film. Uh now the name of the film is called Saving Private Ryan. Uh, some of you have seen it. The movie came out in 1997, 98. 98. Yeah, 98. Uh directed by, you know, the one and the only Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. It, as a matter of fact, when I was a kid, um You know when other kids were like you know when I grew up I want to be a doctor I want to be a lawyer I want to be this I want to be Don't that tell me. I wanted to be Steven Spielberg. Mm, fair enough. Uh, for a long time I was like you know <laughs> what I want to be Steven Sp- I I studied that dude I want to be Steven Spielberg. Right. So he's the one who directed this movie uh he's done other movies like you know uh Jaws and uh, Jurassic Park um The Transformers he was the producer of those movies a bunch of movies um and then it stars Tom Hanks and we get introduced actually We were introduced to Matt Damon the previous year 1997 mm. when Goodwill Hunting came out. Yeah. yeah, so Matt Damon is also part of the movie, Vin Diesel is part of this movie, Eddie Burns is part of this movie. Mm. Um anyways, so we watched this movie, um I watched it, he watched it, and then both of us, you know, uh took notes on some of the lessons uh and the leadership lessons and that we learned, uh things that we believe that will challenge our thinking. And you know, if we allow it to challenge our thinking, you know, we believe that you know what, there's going to be an elevation of thought and approach in how we lead. Uh, so, before we get to the leadership stuff, what was your first reaction of the movie? I mean, I know you've seen it before, but I'm uh, watching it for you know, getting ready for this podcast. What was your reaction? Well, I, I watched it getting ready for the podcast, but then I found myself actually just enjoying the movie. Like even yeah. the notes that I took, yeah, came as an afterthought. So I wasn't taking notes in the middle of the movie. So I was so like. captured by the movie like bit by bit I didn't want to miss anything. Now, <laughs> the first thing was actually it was an emotional roller coaster. Right? Yeah. The yeah. moments that I really loved, the moments that I hated. Yeah. There's some people that I admired and I was inspired yeah. by, there's some people I just I just just disgusted me. Mm-hmm. I think we'll talk about them in in this podcast. But the most weird thing was especially in the beginning, like the f- opening scene that I really enjoyed was the fact that Number one, I felt it was too long. Why was it too long? Because it got me into the movie. Yeah. It made me feel like, wow, am I at war right now? It's almost like I wanted it to end, not because to get over and done with, because I just didn't want to see that anymore. It felt yeah. like I was part of the movie. Actually, I read what is it? I read in a review that said the cinematography of the movie, they shot it. Yeah. in a way that you know puts you in the battlefield. Exactly. Where it makes you feel like, am I here? Am I actually, yeah. am I actually am I, ex- yeah, you know. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and, and I think for me it was the same. You know, I've seen this movie maybe three, four, two, three times before. Mm. Um, and I think one of the times I actually cried watching this movie. Aww. I know, man. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. What Although, made you cry? <laughs> I think towards the end when... Towards the end. Okay. When, when, when James Ryan, is that, was that, okay. is that his name? Mm-hmm. When he tells Captain Milo and he, look, he looks at the grave ah, okay, yeah, and he's I, like... He, yeah. I hope I've made you proud. And, and then, that got and, me a bit emotional too. And then looks at his wife and he says, tell me I'm a good man. Yeah. Tell me I've led a good life. Ah, that just hits home. In yeah, fact, that, I, 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 even this time around, to me as well. I was tearing up. I was like, man, yeah. no, nah, man, no, nah, no. Nah, you know? Um, so yeah, so great film. For those of you who have not seen the movie, Definitely I, check yeah, it out. Check it out. Check it out. I don't think it's on Netflix, but yeah, check it out. Yeah. Um, so of course, the, the purpose was to watch the movie and um, again, you know, identify the different leadership uh, principles that are applied by the different characters in this movie that leads them to uh, success. Yeah. Uh, now, I guess the reason, one of the reasons that people love stories and love films, and in fact, the reason stories have been a platform for learning uh, for humanity for you know thousands of years is because st- stories are a good platform to rehearse real life. Right. When you're watching um, Rocky go up in the you know, ring, it's exciting because you put yourself in his shoes. You're like, you know what? Yeah, this is an underdog uh, who's, you know, I guess put on the platform and, you know, he's been challenged by the quote unquote status quo. And, you know, he's actually mastering the courage to go up against the guy, you know? So it, it gives you like, you know, you feel like, okay, that could be me. Um, right. I could be in his shoes. You know, next time I'm, I'm faced with an, uh, an obstacle, you know, that's, I guess, larger than life, I can muster the courage like he did to do it. So, so we put ourselves in these different pockets of stories and the character's life and um, next time we face similar circumstances, it's like I've rehearsed this. I know, you know, right. um, Rocky did this. I'm going to do it. Um, I don't know. This character did this. I'm going to do it. I can't think of anything else some, somehow. Um, it's the same thing with the rom- romantic comedies. People, you know, bad dates, good dates, whatever. People rehearse yeah. them through movies. They're yeah. like, oh, you know what? Yeah, next time I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll do the same. So we love stories because... I think not necessarily it happened, but even, you know, like guys, you know, the, the famous like chick flick romantic movies, the girl is at the door, end of the night. You, you know. I, I know guys <laughs> who've kissed girls on the first date or whatever because of movies. Because of movies, They're like, yeah. huh, so that's how it's done. Um, and, you know, I what is it, flicker the keys and whatnot, like that movie right. Hitch. So, yeah. so people, so stories are a good platform to rehearse real life. Um, and I think um, we can apply the same principle as far as leadership is concerned. We can, you know, there are movies that really display um, applied principles of leadership. And I believe that, um, you know, we can learn a lot from them. Now, this movie is packed, packed with leadership principles and its application and just different hacks. Um, so I'll kick it off. Okay, now, when I started watching this movie, I think the first scene, you know, was uh, the, where they, de- they deliver the letters to, you know, the mothers or the wives of, you know, the dead soldiers. Um, and then, of course, now they take us back to now the actual war. And we start at uh, Omaha Beach. Right. And it is the most brutal sequence I have seen in film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the first principle that I learned is um, from um, Captain John Miller's second in command. Uh-huh. Where you know he looks at his uh, his sergeant Horvath, right? That's his yes. name. Yeah? yeah. So he looks at the, his troops, um, and you know they're just uh, docking. What is it? Their boats or whatever. And then he's like, you know, I want to see plenty of beach between men. Uh-huh. Five men is a juicy opportunity. 
one man is a waste of ammo. Mm-hmm. So he's telling them that, you know what? I want to see distance between you because, you know, if you're piled up together, then you're a target for the enemy. Right. But if, you know, there's a distance between, you know, one soldier to the next soldier, then they can't shoot you because it's going to be a waste of ammo. And, you mm-hmm. know, and, and at war, ammunition is a pretty big deal. Um, so I think this is the first principle that I learned that, you know what, um, in leadership, um, it's best to diversify your efforts. Most definitely. Like, don't put your eggs in one basket type of situation. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. diversify your efforts. You know, even with your team, you know, diversify the efforts. This part of your team is <laughs> handling this uh, aspect of, you know, whatever the project. This part of your team is handling. When it fails, it's all it, going to crash exactly. down. Yeah. It's all failing. Yeah. Whereas if you diversify your efforts, um, when one part fails, um, the rest of, you know, uh, the team can carry the load. So I think this is the first leadership principle diversify your effort because when failure happens, then the failure will not, I guess, affect the entirety of the project or the organization, but it's just going to be one part that's failed and then the rest of the uh, organization or team uh, or project, you know, can carry the load. Whereas if, you know, yeah. So I think that's the first the principle that I've learned is that diversify your efforts. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't put, don't assign your team to do one thing and one thing only. Diversify um, the effort. I think that's the power of strategy. I think he executed that perfectly. I think if you remember the movie, at some point it it, it felt like like Captain John Miller was just so blurred out and everyone's mm. dying, you know. And at some point, if I remember correctly, the camera shot back at at Sergeant Horvath, mm-hmm. and it's like he was controlling everything during that period. Yeah, it seemed like a, such a long time when he was blanked out, looking at oh, the, yeah. the massacre that's happening, and there's this voice in the background telling people where to go, what to do. Yeah, you know. And the only other voice that came to wake Captain John Miller up, I don't, I forgot his name of, you know, one of the soldiers like, oh, what should we do? What should we do? Yeah. And then he comes, you know, he, he gains back his consciousness. But I think that's the power of strategy. Bumba, you, you figure out how we're going to do it, how we're going to spread out. What is, what is our plan of attack? Oh, what's our plan of defense at this point on forward? Because imagine if, if, if they didn't do that, as you said, and they were stuck at the beach. Or let me even go further. You remember when Captain Miller came back up? Mm. Regained his consciousness. And the first thing he says is, guys, we have to get out of here. That's the number one thing. We're going to die if we stay here. Horvath on one hand says, we need to spread out. Captain John Miller says, not only spread out, we can't spread out as much as this beach because the whole beach is already covered. Mm. The second thing is, we need to get out of here. So the, not only is it diversify your efforts. No one, you, no one to get out. No one to get out. No one to run. Yeah, no. This, this is not that battle that we go yeah, back and forth with it. Yeah, no. We need to get out. This no situation. one to get out. This is. I mean, it's the. I know this is a. Uh, what is it? Uh, preached a lot in the investment realm. Yeah. You know, no one to get out. No one yeah. to cash in. Even in gambling, you know, say yeah. no one to cash your chips. Exactly. Just know when it's when time. To fold yeah, and when to run. No yeah. when it's time to get out. Exactly. I think. I think that's a pretty good one. You know, I think even in leadership, no one to stop. Exactly. No one. You know what? If we continue on. It's all gonna collapse, right? So maybe at this point in time, it's best to just stop um, and take a detour, or you know, head in a different direction. Um, another principle that I caught was, you know, I think a few scenes after that, where now um, they left Omaha Beach. You know, I think they went to their base, and then they get a phone call from the chief of staff of the, you know, I think <laughs> the army chief of yeah. staff, and then you know, Captain Miller and his squad are assigned to go rescue Private Ryan, and then of course on their way there. Um, one of the troops says, where is the sense in risking eight of us? Where is the sense in risking eight good soldiers to save one? Mm-hmm. 
all because you don't want his mother to receive the bad news. And I guess the backstory for those of you who have not watched the movie is that uh, Private Ryan uh, had three brothers mm. and they all died in combat. Um, and of course, so when the chief of staff uh, got this news, it was like, you know what, we can't, we can't send four letters to this woman. Mm-hmm. She's already lost three sons. So at this point, the priority is to save the last one uh, and send him back home. Mm. Uh, so, so that's the whole, I guess that's the premise of the story. Right. Um, so, so, so I think, that was George Marshall, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, one of the troops is saying, I think it played by Eddie Burns, is like, you know, where's the sense <laughs> in risking eight of us? Uh, we also have mothers. So what if we die? You know? Right. Um, and then this sounds like a misallocation of resources. And mm. in fact, as I was watching that, I'm like, it is, you know, you're risking eight good soldiers to go rescue one. Right. Mm-hmm. They will probably die along the way. This is, looks like a misallocation of resources. And of course, the complaining goes on and on. And what I loved in this scene is the fact that Captain Miller allowed them to, com- allowed them to complain. He did, not, you know, he did not object. He did not um, stop them. He did not shut it down. He did not discourage it. He was just smiling. And, you know, and they were complaining one after the other. Um, and then, what is it? He turns to Ryben. Is it Ryben? Is Ryben. It? Yeah. He, he turns to him and he says, I don't gripe to you. Gripe is, I guess, complaining. I don't, I don't complain to you. Mm-hmm. I'm a captain. Yeah. There is a chain of command. Um, complaints go up, not down. Yeah. Always up. Mm-hmm. You complain to me, I complain to my superior officers, and so on and so on. I don't complain to you. At least I don't complain in front of you. That's what he says. Yeah. And, and, and I think in this one, I loved his response because one, he allowed them to complain. He created a safe space for them to complain. Mm-hmm. And two, he encouraged, in fact, the right way to complain. Because when the sniper was, you know, saying, um, I'm a good soldier. And then he's like, guys, listen up. This is the right way of doing it. Right. Um, so, you know, one, he allowed <laughs> them to complain um, in front of him. Um, right. He encouraged the right way to complain in front of him again. Um, and then he... I guess empathize with them that, you know what? I also complain, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not necessarily, you know, um, uh, a weakness to complain, you know, it's just that there's a structure here, you know, yeah. you complain to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not going to complain to you. I'm going to go to my superiors and I'm going right. to complain to them. And even if I complain, I guess to one of you, I'm not going to do it in front of you. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so I think I love this principle. The fact that, you know what, um, the, in the book, um, I think the five dysfunctions of, uh, of a team, um, by Patrick Lincioni, I think one of the principles um, or, or one of the dysfunctions is when, you know, a team does not disagree. Mm-hmm. No arguments. Like when, you, when, you, when you see that your team is good all the time, it's, something it's a sign of dysfunction. It means people do not feel comfortable or safe enough to complain, to disagree, uh, to call each other out. And I think when there is an absence of conflict on a team, it is not a sign of success. It is a sign of dysfunction. Right. It means people are not comfortable enough to actually um, put it all out there. And so I love this place because one, they were all comfortable to speak their mind in front of him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when I saw his reaction, I understood why, Yeah, you know, he did not shut it down. He did not discourage it. He did not, you know, um, I guess, cast out anybody or chastise anyone for doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he encouraged it and he modeled the right way of doing it. Uh, so, so, so this is the second principle that I, I saw from um, Captain John Miller's leadership is that, you know what, you have to give your team a space to air out their grievances, yeah. to air out their disagreements. Mm-hmm. Um, and, one, and once they do, then you also have to handle it the right way. One, accept it at the same time. If they're not doing it the right way, then model the right way of doing it yeah. rather than just shutting it down. 
No, most definitely. I think I think one other addition to to that point, which is uh, which struck home for me, was was the charismatic nature of this guy that inspired devotion uh, from his fellow soldiers. That him, they made it see he made it seem to them like I'm just one of you guys. That's the first time we see this part. From the beginning, you see he's this guy that's always just leading, straightforward. We're going to follow orders, but then we get to this point. You see his ability to inspire devotion from the team, even when the circumstances are dire, when everybody's just so down, right? So from the onset of the movie, you see him held back. No one really knows much about him. You, yeah. know, you don't know if he's, 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 he's a person who likes to laugh with them, if he talks with them, if he relates to them as much, you know. But you remember that time when, he's, when he talks about the mothers and, and one of the soldiers, I think it was the sniper guy, he turns back and says, even sir, even, uh, even even captain, captain has a mother. Even captain has a mother. Maybe, maybe not the captain. <laughs> exactly. You see him <laughs> with this smirk on on his side of his face, right? But at the same time, uh, he was asked by Ribin, who just seconds before that is told by Miller that uh, the captain you can't gripe to me. You know, I can't gripe to you, right? And then <laughs> Ribin, really funny guy, asked, "Okay, so what if the roles were reversed? Just imagine if the roles were reversed, and right away you see Miller engaging." In, in, the, in that moment, right? And he responds to a question which thereafter we see her with smiling, mm. you know? And then we hear Private Mellish say that he's good. Like, you admit, okay, this guy, he's actually good. He's good, yeah. He's good. And then Caparzo, which is played by Vin Diesel, right after that, after smoking a cigarette, taking a puff, he goes, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> no. And I think I love that part because they saw how he handled the situation. Exactly. Whereas, you know, another captain would have shut that situation down, down completely. Because, because they are afraid that the doubt is going to spread. Exactly. Because that's the fear that we have as mm-hmm. leaders, you know, is that when people complain in front of the whole team, is that if they are doubtful about, you know, the strategy or the project or the vision of the company, then that doubt is going to spread to the rest of the team. And that's why we shut it down. Yeah. But here he allowed it to happen. And then, and of course, this was a feeling that was shared by the rest of the team. It's just that, you know, a few of them actually had their courage to, you know, um, air out their, you know, fears and their doubts and I guess their disagreement with the mission. But I love the fact that, you know, he allowed that to happen yeah. and then he showed them the right way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And then he also admitted that, you know what, he also has his own, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess um, feelings about it. Right. And that's why they're like, you know, I love this guy. He's mm-hmm. like, one, he doesn't make us feel like we are unreasonable right. or even thinking this or feeling this way. Oh, he, less than. Exactly. He didn't make them feel unreasonable at all. Right. Yeah. I think, I think also just right after, I remember when he said uh, that, he was willing to lay down his life oh, yeah. and those of his men to ease the pain of a grieving mother. I was just like, oh yeah. What? At, at this point, everybody else would have been like shocked. Like why? No. But then you see a shift as well oh, in the yeah. men. Some this sense of confidence. Okay. This dude, he's willing to do this for himself. Yeah. And we agree with this guy. We're going to write behind this guy. But at the same time, you, you know, his team also knew that, if he's willing to do this for a stranger, exactly. a guy he's never met, he's willing to do this for me. For me. So, so I think, and you see that throughout the movie where they're mm-hmm. like, they know that he will da- lay down his life, life. Yeah. for me. So I'm going to do it. Yes. You know? um, now, shortly after that, uh, we have the scene with the kid. Ah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So annoying. <laughs> annoying, 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 annoying. Um, so in this scene, you know, we they go into a village. I think, you know, they're... Uh, uh, what is it? The Nazi soldiers had already like destroyed yeah. the place, and of course there was one family, uh, father, a mother, and their daughters. The French, fr- the yeah, French family, French yeah. family, yeah. Um, and you know they 
the dad was basically saying, take my daughter, please, you know, because I think he had lost all hope. He knew, he realized that we'll soon be destroyed or, you know, gunned down or bombed. Uh, we're going to die. But, you know, I, I want my daughter to leave. And so he gave his daughter to the soldiers. And Vin Diesel, Caparzo, uh, took the daughter. And then Captain Miller, I, what he did here looked inhumane because he said, we are not here to do the decent thing. Because Caparzo said, you know what? This is the decent thing to do. I have a niece. Um, you know, well, before that, he told him to not touch that kid. Exactly, but he did it. You know, he he took the kid, and then he was like, "This I have a niece at home. You know, this uh, child uh, reminds me of my niece, this, and mm. this is a decent thing to do." And then Captain Miller said, "We are not here to do the decent thing. We are here to follow orders." Now, of course, it looks inhumane, but I think what I've learned from this is is that you know what, Captain Miller was indestructible. He was mission driven. Right. He realized focused. that, yeah, focused, that this, even though it could be the decent thing to do, uh, but when it comes to decent versus mission, mission always rises on top. Yeah. So he was focused on the mission ahead of them, and he realized that taking this girl was just going to slow them down. It's going to be uh, a weakness <laughs> to their strength. You know, it's going to be one of those, you know, holes in the team uh, as efficiency and, you know, ability to actually get the job done. So, and then, of course, we all know um, a few seconds in, Vin Diesel gets shot right. and, and then he dies. And then I love this scene where, you know, now they're like in this, I think, uh, uh, like, you know, demolished church building and they're just sitting there. Of course, you know, they're thinking about what just happened. You know, they just lost one of the good soldiers. Wait, for, before you even get that far. Yeah. Did you imagine? Because if I remember, he got shot carrying the baby, right? The, the girl. Yes. Wasn't he? Yeah. When that, when that happened, the first thing that came to mind was like, just imagine a few centimeters to the left or to the right, the, the baby gets hit. Oh, yeah. How tragic would that have been? That would have been horrible. Oh, man. That would have been horrible. But anyways, continue. Yeah. Just so, 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 me back a little bit. So now, you know, all of this is over. You know, the sun's set. They're in this demolished church building. Um, they're sitting there. You know, everybody's on their emotions, you know, because, you know, they've just lost a good soldier. This is their friend. And then Captain Miller is talking to Hovak. And, you know, they're talking and then this is the conversation. Because he realized that, you know what, some of the confidence um, is starting to disappear mm -hmm. um, in his teammates. Um, and one person that cannot afford to lose his confidence is his second in command. Mm -hmm. And so he's talking to him. And of course, to hear the, the, the fear that people have is that, do we not matter to our captain? Is he so willingly, to, I mean, is he so willing to sacrifice one of us for this Ryan dude that we don't even know? Right. So people, that, that's the feeling that's in the air. And then he talks to this guy and says, um, that's how you rationalize, this is Captain Miller talking, that's how you rationalize making a choice between the mission and the man. <laughs> and then of course, um, Ovac says, except this time around, mm. the mission is a man. And then Captain Miller says, this Ryan better be worth it. Right. He'd better go home and cure some disease or invent a longer lasting light bulb or something. Because the truth is, I wouldn't trade 10 Ryans for one vac Vacchio or one Capazzo. Mm. And so he's, he's expressing that, you know what? I don't feel too good about this myself. Like, I'm, I'm, not, just, I'm not happy about what's happening. I'm not happy losing my teammates for the sake of the mission. Um, so, so on one hand, he displays to his team the conflict that's within him. Mm -hmm. On one hand... I have to be loyal to the mission because that's what we're here for. But at the same time, I understand um, what we lose along the way. And, and I hate that we have to do that. 
so so, so that conflict where you know uh, everybody else on the team is experiencing, he's letting his second in command know that I'm there with you. I also have this conflict within me. I also feel the same way um, you do, um, and I think that's you know even in leadership, you know, it says what is it um, when you share your vulnerabilities with your teammates, um, even though in some circles it's discouraged, but at times that's all people know to move on and to move forward. Mm-hmm. When people have lost hope, when people are confused about what's going on in their priorities, when, you know, some people would say, inspire confidence, shut it down, you know, um, you know, tell them, you know, what they need, what they need to hear, you know, encourage them to move on with the, you know, with the mission. But he's doing the opposite. He's saying, I'm as confused as you are. Yeah. I'm as hurt as you are. But I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. So I'm right there with you. I am right where you are. But I'm going to move on. And, and, and so it's, it's more of a modeling type of leadership. He doesn't tell you what to do. He models what you should do. Right. So because you're looking at this guy, he's, he feels exactly how you feel, but he's choosing to move forward. And, and you can see that inspires confidence in his second in command and the rest of the squad. No, I mean, I think <clears throat> further, not only does he you know, inspire that in the second of command, but as well, he, just by saying that, he reminds them that you're more important to me. Mm. Than it seems like I'm not willing to lose you guys for mm. this guy. I'm not w- personally as, as your leader, I'm not willing to lose my team for the sake of this mission. But at the same time, as you said, the conflict of we're soldiers, we have to follow orders. Yeah. But I think even moving forward from that, now the people are even more inspired. They're more confident knowing, okay, we're doing this solely because we have to follow orders. But at the same time, our leader sees us as, as people as people, as almost, almost, almost as family, that I'm not willing to let this go. Do you know how much that inspires people? I remember when I was playing basketball and one time my captain who was so brutal, man, uh, I, he used to make us run. But every time in the game, he would slap you and be like, dude, I am not. He would never say, don't give up on me. He would always be like, I'm not giving up on you. And once you hear stuff like that, of course, you know you'll get hell after the game. But just because he says, I am not giving up on you, it means you are not going to give up on him. He, was, he always modeled the team, his teammates, I mean, leadership by telling his teammates what he was going to do, not what he expected you to do. No, 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 no. So by see, by him telling you what he was going to do, and then by you seeing what he was going to do, immediately you just followed suit, you know? So yeah. I think this, this part was extremely powerful to those guys who were doubting at this point. But um, can I just point out something as well? Yeah. I remember because throughout the entire movie, apart from him blurring in and out and him having that... They said maybe came out of PTSD, the hand and all that stuff. But you see him as this strong guy. He's mm-hmm. super brave, which every leader should be, especially in war. You should be brave. But you get to see this moment of weakness. I think it was at the same church. Yes, it was at the same church. I think he just goes and dives somewhere just on a pile of rocks and he just bursts no, out. No, no, no. That that, that's the next scene. Is it the next scene? That, that's the necessary detour where they actually encounter the German soldier. Ah, right. When the okay, si- go ahead with yeah, that, okay, then we'll yeah. get there. Yeah. So, 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 of course, after this scene, you know, um, the sun rises and they continue on on yeah. this journey to, you know, uh, look for uh, Private Ryan. And then they get to this place where they see that there's a German base, mm-hmm. like a Nazi base, uh, and they have a choice to make. Uh, was that, is that the raider part? With it, the raider? Yeah. Okay. So, they have a choice to make. One, they can go around it, you know, completely ignore that they saw it, and you know, and just continue on their journey to search for this private Ryan. Um, that's one way of doing it. 
The second way of doing it is they can actually sit there and fight. Mm. Now, I think this scene is what makes the movie. Mm. Because one, they've already lost a soldier. And here they are, they are at risk of losing more people. And so they're having this conversation. It's always the same guy. It's always Eddie Burns. Mm-hmm. Who's, you know, he's, he's sort of like, you know, the guy who speaks his mind on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, why don't we detour? Mm-hmm. We, we can still skip it and accomplish our mission. We don't have to sit here and fight. Right. I mean, this, is our, this isn't our mission, right, sir? And of mm-hmm. course, he's like using his own words against him. Yeah. Um, because, you know, remember the previous scene where uh, Caprazo dies? Uh, he's, you know, he says, uh, we're not here to do the distant thing. Yeah. We're here to accomplish the mission. Yeah. So he's using his own this words against him. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's like, you know what? I mean, this isn't our mission, sir, right? Right. And then, of course, uh, his response is, you know, that's what you want to do. You just want to leave it here so that they can ambush the next company that comes along. Mm-hmm. And I think we can stop right here. Um, so one detour, he completely shut down when he wanted to carry to take the girl. Mm-hmm. It was the decent thing to do. It was the noble thing to do. But he said, we are not here to do the decent thing. Right. But right here now where there's a, there's a risk of losing more soldiers, he says, this we do. Mm-hmm. So how do you decide, I guess, what's the right detour to, you know, uh, I guess to take. And so I think what I've learned here is that one, he measured, um, or rather he uh, looked at this, I guess, dilemma from a mission point of view that, you know what, okay, does this help advance and get us closer to, you know, um, accomplish our mission or does it take us away from it? Mm-hmm. So he means that, you know what, if we don't do this, we will lose more soldiers because again, the next company that's going to come along they will probably be ambushed by the German troopers. So, so, so that's how he made his decision that, you know what, if we don't take this detour, if we don't detour, how will this affect the mission? Uh-huh. And the answer is simple. It's going to affect the mission in, you know, greatly because when the next company comes along, they will probably die. Uh-huh. Whereas if they don't take the girl, how does that affect their mission? The truth is it doesn't. Uh-huh. As inhumane as it is, it doesn't. Right, and and that's how he measured, um, I guess, whether or not um, it was right to you know take the detour. Um, and of course, he goes on and says it seems like an unnecessary risk um, given our objective. This is again Eddie Burns continues. Right. Yeah, and then he says our objective is to win the war. So when people were questioning his leadership and whether or not um, his decision is the right one, he used it as an opportunity to remind them of why they are there. Our objective is to win the war. Right now, our objective seems like saving Private Ryan, but the objective to win the war the is picture. exactly the bigger picture is still there. Yeah. So, and I think in you know uh, corporate leadership, people are faced with this type of situations all the time, where you know, as a company, we exist to do one thing, but then your team is assigned to do something that looks like, you know, uh, not necessarily uh, doesn't align with the bigger picture of the company. Um, and so when you have to detour, to detour and come back to, you know, fulfilling the vision or the mission of the company, there will be people who are like, why are we wasting resources? Why, why are we, you know, uh, distracted right now? But then his response is that our objective is to win the war. Uh-huh. That even though right now, um, we are on a mission to rescue private Ryan, um, that doesn't take us away from the mission or to win the war. Yeah. The objective has always been to win the war. And if we have to do it by saving Private Ryan, that's fine. But if we have to do it by staying here and fighting, that's fine. So, if be, it. Going, so be it. If we're going to die, 
so be it. Um, so, and then of course now, what I loved here is that, of course they they're like, you know what, we're not doing it. That was the attitude. We're not doing it. He didn't stop. He took his stuff. Uh, he took his ammo. Started trading along. He started trading along. He's mm-hmm. like, you know what? If you're not going to follow me, that's fine with me. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And you start to see everybody else, you know, like when you see your leader who believes in a vision, is so convicted that he's willing to risk his own life. He's willing to go alone. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's what most leaders fear is that, you know what? If you stick to what you believe is the right thing to do, um, you will walk alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that? Is it Liverpool? You will never walk You'll alone. Never walk yeah. Alone. Um, in this instance, he is walking alone. He's like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. If, even if I have to do it alone, I believe it's the right thing to do. And that confidence, you see that it starts to grow on everybody on his team. Yeah. And of course, they all join him. And then the unimaginable happens. They fight and they lose. <laughs> Another soldier. Another soldier. Not just another soldier. This was the medical, the medic, right? Mm-hmm. He was the doctor of the in their team. So they lose the doctor. And now, actually, which is really funny because you remember there was that conversation. Okay, so who's going to go? Who's going to be on the left? Who's going to be on the left? Yeah. And everyone's so quiet. And then that guy goes, you know, and he goes, okay, I'll be on the left. You know. And that's the guy who died as well. Oh yeah. Oh my God. That was a, that was a tragic death. And I think very much. This I'm saying this was the, this is the this scene is the heart of the movie because when this happens, you see Captain Miller leave everybody else. Uh-huh. He completely leaves his team, and he goes and he hides in this you know behind Almost these like rocks. Out, yeah. Yeah. And then he just cries. Uh-huh. He breaks down. Right. He just breaks. Down, and I think what I learned here is that you know what. Sometimes, as a leader, you know, when you're like in despair, when you've lost all hope, when you, when it's really like when it's all crushing down on you, the wise thing would be to leave, leave the team. Go behind, you know, your secret room, whatever it is you have to do, break down. Because this is a crucial moment. Because if he had done that in front of the team, their whole mission would have collapsed. Because at this point, they were all depending or running or riding on his confidence. And his bravery, yeah. Yeah, like that's, that's all they were doing. I think he knew that. He knew that, yeah. So if he would have broken down in front of the whole squad, the mission would have collapsed. And, and, and I think many leaders are facing this, even right now with this COVID, um, where, you know, people are like, is this all going to work out? And they're all looking at you. Mm-hmm. They're literally going to ride on your confidence, your bravery, um, your certainty, so to speak, you, you know, your assurance. That's what they're going to ride on. So if you display any doubt, um, if you display any sense of despair, it's going to weakness. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. going to crush the whole thing down. So here we have, we see this balance where, you know, on one hand, he encourages them to, you know, be as open and transparent in front of him and in front of the whole team. But now you see why in those moments he is solid. Mm-hmm. It's not because he doesn't have his own doubts. Um, you know, he doesn't, I guess, uh, have these despair moments, but it's because he does that on the side mm-hmm. and that's where he draws his strength. He goes on the side, he cries, he breaks down, um, he allows, I guess, despair to take over him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's this new birth 
confidence in him and then he rejoins the team yeah. and so of course when everybody else is expressing what they're expressing um he is solid and in fact i think in this this is the scene i don't know if this is the scene where i think he was the most zen i have ever no it was seen. right after that it was right the, after that's that. his scene of crying and then right after that he comes back mm. you know where they just captured the german guy yes yeah mm-hmm. that, that's oh my god i loved i loved i loved i loved that scene because you, 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 okay, yeah. So, so I think in, in, in that scene, what I loved about that scene is that one, he comes back, you know, he has this new uh, found confidence, you know, he's right. broken down, you know, he's, he's had his moment. Um, now he comes to the team. And then, of course, it's just mayhem. Mm-hmm. It's absolute chaos. Right. You know, some soldiers want to leave, uh, some crying. Mm. One soldier wants to shoot the other. It's just total chaos. The team is basically crumbling down the team spirit is gone um, wait did we skip something the soldier the soldier the german soldier the german soldier so the, the conflict comes after the german soldier is let go oh yeah that's what yeah. happens yeah so there's a key part to the movie of which we come to see at the end how 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 it affects the well not the mission but affects the lives of his soldiers whereby as soon as he comes out they had already captured the the, uh, the shooter the german shooter who was by the radar right so he comes back from the dugout and he sees, first of all, there's this character called Upham. Every time I think about him, he just gets Disgusting to Disgusting character. You know, coward. Disgusting person, yeah. You know, you find him, he, he's the only one who could speak German. So you find him almost, you know, having a sense of kumbaya with this guy smoking. Yeah. And then Captain Miller comes and grabs him out of this place that we're, they were digging. It was almost, he was digging his own grave. Yeah. He was actually digging his it own was, grave. Yeah. They're about to shoot him in, and bury him there. And then Upham, you know, kind of, uh, talks them out of doing it. Talks them yeah. out of it, you know. And what does John Miller do? He listens to Abraham. He listens. He says, yeah. you know what? Let's let, let him, go. him go. You know what? As a matter of fact, let him go. They're going to capture him. Yeah. Our fellow soldiers are going to capture him. Mm-hmm. And at this moment, you find Reina, before he, he gets really frustrated, you find Reina telling um, uh, Captain John Miller, listen, you think you might let him go and he's going to be captured by one of our soldiers. But in fact, what if... Mm. He just meets up his fellow guys and then he's filtered right back in. Yeah. And he shoots more and American shoots soldiers. More, yeah. Right? And Captain John Miller kind of just, just dismisses they that. Dismisses to say, not going to happen. Right. Yeah. And they let go. Very unlikely to happen. First of all, you know, when he was let go and the camera was like facing uh, the, the soldiers was just let go of, uh, I thought they were going to shoot him in the back. I, I, knew, I, I, I thought <laughs> the same thing. I was like, somebody's going to be so mad shoot him in the back. and shoot this guy in the back. But they let him go. But it didn't happen. But we get to see uh, how this is going to affect the move. We'll get to that point. Yeah. But then now we no, get to the place of... But, but I think here, of course, you know, the one thing we also learn about Captain John Miller is that he listens to his team. I mean, he listened to a guy from the team. Um... He might, you know, he, he listened to the wrong guy, but he listened. <laughs> so what's, what's, what's the lesson there? We'll get to that. But I think he, 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 he is a leader who listens and takes, you know, um, I guess, you know, um, into account some of the opinions from his mm. teammates before making a decision. The only detriment is that he listened to the wrong guy. And we'll get to that later on. He made the wrong decision because he listened to all. Yeah. But he just made the wrong decision, right? It, of course. Which happens. It, it happens, yeah. Happens. So... This is where, what leads to, I guess, the, the next scene. Oh, uh, the mayhem. <laughs> right. Uh, absolute chaos. Where now, one, they don't understand his decision. They're questioning his decision. Why did you let the guy go? Uh-huh. Um, two, um, 
one guy wants to leave. Rabern wants to, you know, I guess I'm, I'm out of here. I'm mm-hmm. leaving. Um, he's questioning, you know, the cap- captain's leadership in front of everybody. He's calling him out. Uh, you know, they're saying words. Uh, so, you know, it's just one guy, you know, they're trying to shoot at each other. Um, it's just noise, absolute chaos. Yeah. And then as this was happening, I, I remember reading um, Phil Jackson's book, uh, Seven Rings, no, Eleven Rings, where he talks about this, you know, uh, philosophy of, you know, Zen. Right. And, and you could see Captain Philip in a Zen state. Uh-huh. Like he is so still when all of this chaos is happening in his team. Uh-huh. Um, and then he uses this moment to bond with his teammates. Yeah. Because, you know, up until this point, the biggest mystery about him was that what was his job uh, before the war? And then so he asks, you know, what's the pull on him now? You know, and then it says it's about, it's about yeah. $300. And then when all this is happening. I, I thought about that. I was like, what, what do they mean? Exactly. And he's just like, you know, he's, he's, he, he says, well, back home, I was a school teacher. I was a school teacher. And interestingly enough, the dust settles. Uh-huh. Everything becomes calm. And I think what I've learned here is, again, this whole Zen philosophy. Whereas as a leader, you, you have to be in the moment. Like he was present in the moment. Like that Zen state where he was mindful. What is it called? The mindfulness, they say, right? Uh-huh. He was mindful. He was present. present in the moment. And he knew just the right. This was one of those, what they call what is it. These are complex problems. There was no right way of handling this situation. Right. But he just like said, yeah, I'm a school teacher. And, you know, he talked about his journey as a school teacher. And then um, again, he, he did the same thing. He's like, yo, um, I want to go back home to my wife. Right. You know, I, I want to go back to my own life. Um, you know, if you want to check out right now, it's cool. You can do that. Um, but I think again, he used this moment to be vulnerable to his teammates. Again, so, 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 so I, I think I really loved what happened here because what I've learned, one, is that when everything is falling apart, you shouldn't. As a leader, when everything else is falling apart around you, you shouldn't. And of course, he did this because um, when the events happened, he went to the side, you know, expressed his emotions, you know, he broke down and everything. When he came back, he had that confidence. But at the same time, when everything else was falling apart, he didn't. And he was present and mindful and he, he knew just the right thing to do. There's no textbook that can get you out of this situation. Yeah. Um, some situations just have to be present, just mindful, completely present, and it's just going to come back to you. So, so, so I think I really loved, because again, he allowed them to feel, he allowed them to express what they expressed, um, and he chose this as the moment to be vulnerable as a leader, but of course not vulnerable to a degree uh, that, you know, um, removes any ounce of confidence people had. Um, but, you know, vulnerability that actually inspires loyalty, where they're like, you know what? We'll look to you, Captain, once, once again. Mm. We'll look to you. So, so, so I, think, I think I really loved uh, this, 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 this scene, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think one thing about that is, is I think every leader should have is the ability to resolve conflict. Oh, in yeah. a very uh, simplistic present man, as you said, mm. you know, when he was so present in that moment, he knew, as you said, nothing, no words here could, could actually no. resolve this. Nope. So what am I going to do? 
I'm going to show them that the same feeling that one of these people who's actually, um, you know, riling up the, the conflict, I feel the same way. That guy who had enough because now his friends are dying. His fellow soldiers are dying. He's done with it. I want to go home. And then he comes in and says, listen to me. I also want to go home. This ain't my life. This isn't me. Mm. Everyone's shocked. Like, what do you mean? No, I was a school teacher. I was a school teacher. I have a family. I've got a wife. To me, when all this is over, I want to go home. I don't want to die here either. Right? I've got a family and I've got a wife. Immediately, even the guy, who was it? You got Horvitz, Horvick and, and, and this is Ryben, right? Yeah. Who are both looking at you, Ryben, shoot me, you know, I'm going to shoot you, blah, 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 which was just, you know, an empty threat, I think, mm. maybe. Uh, but you get to see them also pause and go, damn, we all got families. And at the end of the day, we, we all just want to get back to our families. Exactly. You know, and that, and that as well, just by doing that, it gets people on the same, back on the same page again. That's the whole point of resolving conflict. It doesn't come by you should be okay to walk away. You should be, you should be able to walk away on the same page. And you get to see, you know, effectively do it at the scene. Yeah. And so, of course, after this scene, again, this is a crucial scene in the movie. Um, right. they, they actually end up finding Private Ryan. Right. And then something ridiculous happens. Mm. Because when they find him and they give him the news and say, we're going home, mm. to one soldier, you know, it's like, hooray, man, I'm going back home. Yeah. But he says, I'm not leaving. Yeah. I'm, He's like, ah, I'm, not, I'm not leaving. You can tell my mom that I said I'm not leaving. Mm-hmm. I'm staying here and I'm going to fight with my fellow soldiers. Mm. Who am I? No, 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 no. Before what? he said fellow soldiers, he said, with my brothers. I have no other brothers anymore. Yes. So these are my brothers. These are my brothers. I'm yeah. going to fight with my brothers. Right. So, again, now, at this point, you see that Captain Miller is now, he's, he's done. Mm-hmm. He's lost it all. His confidence is gone. He's just like, okay, what happens now? And then, um, Horvath comes and, you know. Because it becomes a different mission now. Exactly. Because we've done our mission. We, we've found him, but we've not saved him. Yeah. We but, can't save him because he wants to stay yeah, and, and fight. You, and you can't force a man exactly. to, you know, leave the battlefield if he doesn't want to. Right. Um, so, you know, he goes on the side. He's like sitting there, just lost. And then he's talking to uh, Horvath. And then, you know, Horvath basically talks to him. He says, you know, we have two options here, the mm-hmm. way I see it, Captain. Um, one, of course, you know, we leave the guy behind. Mm-hmm. But two, we stay here, we help them fight, and if we leave to see another day, we take him back home. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, he also says some encouraging things here, but I think what I've learned here is that confidence is like a bank. Mm-hmm. Um, when you deposit confidence in your team long enough, when you're depleted, they will debit you the confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Confidence Powerful. is like a bank, exactly. You know, you you inspire confidence in your team long enough. When you are depleted of the confidence, uh-huh. they will inspire you. And that's what you see in this scene because, you know, he's had conversations, many conversations with, you know, Horvath about, you know, how we have to stick to the mission, why we're doing this. Uh-huh. And this is where you see it. Because, yeah. because I remember Horvath says, you know, if we manage to save Private Ryan, that would be the decent thing the we do. The only decent thing we're able to pull off through this god awful mess. <laughs> exactly. So, so again, you inspire confidence, you know, um, in your team long enough. They're going to inspire you when you are depleted, and you will have moments uh, as a leader where you're depleted of all confidence and courage uh, mm. to carry on. Um, and in those moments, you can depend, um, I guess, on you know everything you've deposited in in your teams. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to add on that one? 
No, no. I mean, yeah. One more thing. Not only is 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 it about the confidence that you, it's almost like a bank. I think every other characteristic or attribute is almost like a bank. At this point, when thing was so focused, at this point he's done with Captain John Miller, and then you see that his second in command Horvath. Now he's the one who's focused. Right after that, you know, he he tells them, "Okay, we basically we cannot give up. If if this means that saving Pride Ryan could be the only." you know, decent thing we do, so we can't give up. If that's the only decent thing we do, then so be it. We've come this far, we cannot give up. Yeah. We're going to fight. So the confidence that he gave the soldiers, you see him being given back to him. The focus being given back to him. The ability to care for his fellow people. At this point, you see Hovek doing the same thing throughout the movie as well. Even motivation. Mm. He motivated his fellow soldiers throughout the entire way. Yeah. And here you get to see Hover going again and motivating. So he's encouraging him. He's putting him back into focus and he's motivating him. Yeah. So it's all these attributes are like a bank. Yeah. And, and, and now it goes to, I guess the last thing that I've learned and it's, oh my God. We've mentioned before, you know, a character named, uh, I think Corporal uh, Abham. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And, 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 and so towards, you know, the last, uh, I guess, uh, part of the movie, um, is when you know we get to, fo- I guess, look into this guy. Now, in the, in the, in the beginning parts of the movie, you know, one of course in the in the very beginning, he says, you know, uh, he's never been in combat. You know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to shoot, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't want, he doesn't want to operate a gun. And Lord uh, knows that exa- was true. That was true. <laughs> but of course, shortly after being enrolled and being part of the squad, you know, he says, I'm writing a book about you know the brotherhood, uh, you know that you know soldiers develop during war. war. Uh, so of course that makes you feel like, okay, this, this is what he wants to be and aspire mm-hmm. to become, to develop that brotherhood, you know, where I'll lay down my life for your sake. And then of course, um, at different points, um, you know, in the contentions within the team, uh-huh. he quotes, I think Emerson at one point, you know, where he says, you know, war educate the senses, calls into action the will, perfects the physical constitution, right. brings men into such swift and close coalition uh, in critical moments that man measures man at mm-hmm. one point before when people were like wondering whether or not this mission was worth it he says theirs meaning the soldiers is uh there's not to reason why yeah. theirs but to do and die so you feel like okay this guy gets it he gets why people fight he gets uh what's at stake he gets what a soldier needs to do mm-hmm. uh in the battlefield that's what that's the impression you get from this dude and then of course a critical moment happens when uh what was the name of that uh Soldier, uh, I think he was named Mellish. Mellish. Uh-huh. Private Mellish. He's upstairs. He's fighting. Clearly, you know, uh, the guy he's fighting is stronger than him. He pulls out a knife. Um, the guy grabs the knife. He's on the floor. The guy's on top of him. And the blade is slowly Lord. going to him. And Tell him, don't fight. Don't and then, fight. And then up home, <laughs> Upham is on the stairs. He hears all of this happening. He has a gun. And he is just crippled with fear. He's paralyzed with fear. He's shaking. He's crying. He could have gone up. That's what, that's what the brotherhood is all about. Yeah. He could have gone up and easily shoot the guy. Because the guy is back. You know, it's just the back was turned against exactly. him. It's just, it was but just he was easy. so paralyzed with fear. Yeah. Um, and he just sat there on the stairs just crying and shaking while he could have saved his fellow soldier. And I think here I've learned that one, don't give a teammate an opportunity when they're not ready. Uh-huh. Even if they talk big game. Because uh-huh. he, he talked a big game. But do not give your teammate an opportunity when they are not ready for it. Because the cost that you're going to have to pay 
Of course, depending on your context, but I think there's going to be, you're going to have to pay for it mm-hmm. one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And depending on your context, you know, the, the spectrum, I guess, could be, you know, life, well, I don't know, profit, I guess. But do not give a teammate an opportunity when they are not ready for it. Because Captain Miller gave this guy a shot, and when the moment came, this was a, in sports we call this a clutch moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the moment came, he choked. He sat choked. there while Private Mellish receives this blade into his heart. And that's, it's the most harrowing scene in this entire Thanks. movie. Um, so that's one thing that I've learned is that do not give your teammate an opportunity when they are not ready for it. Yeah. Um, you know, if your team is going to be characterized by a mentality of all in, make sure everybody on your team is all in. Because if you have a guy who's half in, half out, mm-hmm. he's going to destroy that team. Right. No, I mean, I mean, you, you said it very, very, very well. Um, <clears throat> It almost reminds me of that Jay-Z verse uh, from, you know, Welcome to the Jungle. That place is like the jungle and beasts over there. And he says, you know, paralyzed by the pain, I could barely move. That's what I thought. Sometimes, you know, sometimes fear can really cripple you. Oh, yeah. Fear could drive you to do something, but fear could cripple you. But the only problem, I think maybe we're not going to talk about this, but you could see this. This is not the first time. Neither is it going to be the last time that fear just cripples this guy. Cripples this guy. Yeah. And this is not only time does it cripple this guy. Every single time this happens to this guy, a very important group, a member or very important soldier gets to die just exactly. because of this guy's fear. And I think it just goes back to that principle. You know, you're as strong as your weakest link. Right. And um, Abham is the reason Melish dies. Right. He's also the reason the captain dies. dies. Yeah. Because he didn't do what was necessary mm-hmm. um, for the sake of the team. So again, he did not want to lay exactly, down his do life. Do not give a person an opportunity when they are not ready for it. Yeah. And if your team is going to be characterized by a certain mentality, mm-hmm. you have to make sure as a leader that everybody's on the same, same page. Because everyone was on the same page. You except even get this to, guy. Except this guy. But you get, at least in the beginning, we thought yeah. that maybe he was going to get into because the same he page. Because he talked a big game. Right. And we have a lot of people in the, in, in the teams where, you know, they talk a big game. Mm-hmm. But when it comes time to step up, they choke. And it's only because of him that two people died. It's three people died. Oh, yeah. Horvek died because of this guy. Because now, when we were supposed to retract back to the bridge, yeah. Horvek said, no, I'm going to get my and, fellow soldier. And, and we don't know who else died along the way because we, we didn't see that. Because, exactly. you know, so, so he yeah. comes and grabs him and they start running yeah. back. And as, you know, because of that, Horvek gets hit. Yeah. But that's a tough guy, man. Tough that's guy. a tough SOB, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so thank you for taking the time to listen. These are, you know, some of the leadership lessons that we've learned. Oh, there's one more thing. One more you thing? Forget about yeah. Private Ryan, which is the last scene. Yeah, your favorite of, scene, I guess. That's my favorite scene, yeah. man. And and there are a couple of things that that I get to see. Of course, just before the captain dies, he tells uh, Private Ryan, earn it. Yeah. What does that mean? We don't know. Does Should he take the credit? Should he be humble enough to say they're actually people who came and saved me? We don't know what he meant. But at the end, you talked about this in the beginning where he comes back to his family and, asks, and looks at John Miller's, uh, Captain John Miller's grave and says, I hope I've earned it. I hope I've earned it. What have I earned? We don't know. But then the camera turns and sees yeah, family. See, yeah, sees family. Yeah. Did he do something good? Did he earn? So now I get to see where he said earn it. Make sure you do something good out of this. He mm. said, remember in the beginning when Sir, uh, Captain John Miller said, I hope this guy goes and kills malaria or something. Mm. But he did something even better. He became a man, his own man. He became a family guy. He became, he became a good father. He became a good husband. He has kids, maybe grandkids. Yeah. And you get to see this guy asking him, did I? The camera turning, showing, yes, you did. But yet at the same time, you see him confirming it 
over and over again. That's the guilt that eats somebody up, man. Absolutely. So I think every leader should not only, the couple of things, bravery and integrity in terms of he chose to stay behind and fight, compassion by not leaving his fellow soldiers, but also being a leader as a father. A father is a, yeah. is a leader. So that's an encouragement to fathers out there as well, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, great movie. If, if you've not watched the movie, go watch the movie. Uh, you know, I think, you know, as we move forward, uh, we'll be doing a lot of these uh, leadership reviews on films. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen. And I will believe that you have um, learned something from today's episode. And until next time, have a great day. This has been the Wiley Others podcast brought to you by Wiley Consultancy. Wildlead Consultancy is a capacity-building firm that exists to build highly productive and innovative leaders. To reach us, go to www.wildleadothers.com.